Welcome to Leading and Learning. My name is David Spill, and this is the podcast where we talk about practical leadership, team building, theology, and how to create winning habits. I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on Leading and Learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. And don't forget to stick around until the end of the episode for this week's book recommendation. Now, as we said in the opening, one of the things that we are talk, we, we do talk about on leading and learning is theology. I like to try and take the mystery out of theology, try and break things down and make them simple. And the, uh, the thing that we're going to be talking about today is why do Christians believe that Jesus is God? One of the central tenets of the Christian faith is the deity and the humanity of Jesus. And obviously, most people don't struggle with the humanity of Jesus, but the, the question of Jesus actually being God does cause some people to stumble. This belief has been controversial throughout history, from Jesus' day until now. People through the centuries have struggled to come to terms with who Jesus really is and who he was. Jesus even asked this question of his disciples. He said, who do the people say that I am? You know, the most common thought among non-Christians is that Jesus was a really good man who died a martyr's death. Very few people have anything negative to say about Jesus, even other religions. His character was flawless, yet the idea of a man being divine, being, being God in the flesh, is just too much for some people to stomach. The idea sounds preposterous. So why then... Do Christians embrace this idea that Jesus was divine? Well, the first reason is because the New Testament teaches that Jesus was both God and man. And while there are many people in the world that don't accept the Bible as their authority, Christians do, and the Christians understand the Bible teaches very, very clearly the humanity and the deity of Jesus. John's Gospel, for instance, uh, presents a very clear theology of Jesus' divinity. The prologue to John's gospel, the first chapter, um, very clearly discusses Jesus in divine terms. In the beginning, the Word already existed. He was with God and he was, was, he was God. He was in the beginning with God and He created everything there is. Nothing exists that He didn't make. And that's John 1, 1 through 3. And the context makes it clear that the word that John's talking about here is Jesus himself. And John actually uses language here that takes the reader back to the very beginning of Genesis chapter 1, where it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And, and the picture here, um, what John seems to be saying is that the word Jesus was there with God and was part of creating the world. Jesus also made other very clear references to his divinity in John. One example uh, is from when Jesus was having a discussion with some of the Jewish religious leaders. Abraham, the patriarch, came up during the conversation. Jesus indicated that Abraham had looked forward to Jesus' coming, implying that somehow Jesus and Abraham had known each other. And of course, by this time, um, it had been over a thousand years since Abraham had lived. The last part of the conversation that Jesus had with those religious leaders was this. Jesus said, Your ancestor Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. 
The people answered and said, You aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you've seen Abraham? Jesus answered, The truth is, before Abraham was even born, I am. At that point, they picked up stones to kill him, but Jesus hid himself from them and left the temple. That's in John 8. The religious leaders clearly heard Jesus referring to himself as divine in these words. When Jesus said that he was, I am, there's a direct reference here to God's words to Moses in Exodus. In Exodus 3, it says this, But Moses protested, If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, The God of our ancestors, or the God of your ancestors has sent me, they won't believe me. They will ask, Which God are you talking about? What is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied, I am the one who always is. Just tell them, I am has sent me to you. So when Jesus used the I am here to describe himself to the Jewish religious leaders, it was very obvious to them that he was claiming divinity. Now, if Jesus had possibly been misquoted here or just misunderstood, he could have easily explained what he really meant. Instead, he let his words stand. In Mark's gospel, there's another account of Jesus using the I am reference. The disciples were in a boat struggling to get across the lake. The wind and the waves were pushing them back, and and they were just having a tough time of it. And Jesus walked out to them across the water. And when they saw him, they thought he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once, and he said, It's all right. I am here. Don't be afraid. He climbed into the boat, and the wind stopped. They were astonished at what they saw. And that's from Mark chapter 6, verses 50 and 51. Now, what's interesting about this passage is that in the English translation, depending on which translation you use, says something to the effect of, I am here, don't be afraid. But in the Greek, it actually says, I am, fear not. For some reason, the translators felt the need to, to tone down the Christological overtones of the passage. And of course, there are many other examples from the Gospels that make reference to Jesus' deity. Um, the Apostle Paul, probably, probably more clearly than any other writer, with the exception of John, provides us with a clear theology of Jesus' divine and human natures. And here's a few examples from, from Paul's writings. And Paul is very... Um, uh, easily acknowledged as the, uh, the first uh, great theologian of the New Testament church. His letters make up about a third of the New Testament. And he strongly uh, believed and taught that Jesus was divine. One of the most famous passages discussing Christ's divinity is in Philippians 2, verses 6 and 7. Paul, Paul, in writing to the Philippian Christians, he said, though he, and he's talking about Jesus, he said, though he was God, he did not demand and cling to his rights as God. He made himself as nothing. He took the humble position of a slave and appeared in human form. This passage discusses Jesus giving up some of the traits of God while still retaining the divine nature of God. A second verse from one of Paul's letters is worth mentioning. And this is in Colossians 2. It says, For in Christ, the fullness of God lives in a human body. Here Paul's emphasizing both of Jesus' natures in this verse, the human and the divine. And then, you know, as we're talking about reasons why 
Christians believe this? Why do Christians believe that Jesus is divine? Not only do, do Christians believe that Jesus is divine because the Bible says so, there's something much more important than even that. And that's the aspect, and that's the, 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 the fact of the resurrection. Uh, Christians believe that Jesus is God because he rose from the dead. Paul taught that Jesus' resurrection actually confirmed Jesus' deity. Listen to what he says in the letter to the, the Romans, excuse me, in 1 Corinthians. He says, um, if Christ has not been raised from the dead, your faith is useless. The early Christians and every generation of believers since then, the resurrection is the central, is the central point of the Christian faith. And once we remove that resurrection, Christianity would just collapse like a tent. The resurrection goes beyond Jesus just being raised from the dead. The New Testament teaches that he was the first of a great harvest of all who have died. Because Jesus defeated death, we have the hope of resurrection one day as well. So Christians believe that Jesus is God because of the resurrection from the dead. If he was still in the tomb, there'd be nothing divine about that. But because he rose from the dead, he showed us once and for all that he was the divine Son of God. When Jesus left the tomb behind after being executed by the Romans, he did what no other prophet, religious leader, or person has ever done. Jesus was not the first, nor was he the last Messiah that the Romans crucified. Normally after the Messiah was put to death, the followers would just fade into the shadows. Jesus' followers, however, saw him, touched him, and ate with him after the resurrection. For them, they understood that God had truly come to earth in human flesh. For us who have never seen him in the flesh, we have Jesus' words to his apostle Thomas. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who haven't seen me and believe anyway. Well, now it's your turn. Do you believe that Jesus is divine? Now, for my listeners that are Christians, I'm sure they'd probably answer in the affirmative, but maybe you would take a different point of view. I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com and leave your, your comment in the comment section for today's post. I'd love to know what your thoughts are on the divinity of Jesus, if you have a different viewpoint especially. While you're there, while you're at davidspell.com, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. I publish three blog posts a week, and signing up will ensure that you don't miss a single issue. Subscribers also get my free uh, monthly subscribers-only newsletter, so make sure you subscribe today. Well, now it's time for this week's book recommendation. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with the work of Philip Yancey. He's the, a phenomenal writer. He's written a number of books. Um, Where is God When It Hurts? What's So Amazing About Grace? Um, or just two of his excellent works. But the one I want to highlight today is The Jesus I Never Knew by Philip Yancey. Uh, in this book, Philip Yancey 
presents a view of Jesus that's very, very different than you're taught in Sunday school. It's a, it's a view of Jesus that's different than you'll hear uh, preached in some churches on Sunday mornings. Yancey really tries to dig through and get past the theological statements and to get past the, um, the, the, the doctrine and focus on the person of Jesus. Who was he? What was he like? How did he relate to people? How did people see him? How did people view him? What were interactions with Jesus like? And, and Yancey really does an amazing job of, 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 of kind of pulling some of the layers of the onion back a little bit and if, if you will, in, in, in getting to the core of who Jesus um, really was when he was here on earth. One of the, the, the great quotes from the, the book was, was he was talking about the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, listen to this. It says, Thunderously, inarguably, the Sermon on the Mount proves that before God, we all stand on level ground. Murderers and temper throwers, adulterers and lusters, Thieves and coveters, we are all desperate, and that is in fact the only state appropriate to a human being who wants to know God. Having fallen from the absolute ideal, we have nowhere to land but in the safety net of absolute grace. He also says, power, no matter how well-intentioned, tends to cause suffering. Love, being vulnerable, absorbs it. In a point of convergence on a hill called Calvary, God renounced the one for the sake of the other. So I'd encourage you to take a look at the Jesus I never knew. There'll be a link in the show notes, of course, as always. But, but take a look at it. Read the first chapter or so on Amazon and then get this incredible book. This is a, a, a book to use in your devotions. This is a book to kind of help you refocus if you're, if you're a person of faith and to uh, maybe see Jesus through fresh eyes. So the Jesus I never knew by Philip Yancey. Now, as we close today, can I ask for a favor? Would you take just a moment and go to iTunes and give leading and learning a review? Good reviews help push us a little higher in the ratings and get our content to a larger audience of incredible people just like you. So until next time, this is David Spell saying thank you for being with me on this journey, and I'm encouraging you to pursue your passion.